0: The Prayers of Many, Chapter Three, Combat. Praying together is like armed combat. It says in Ephesians 6:11 to 13, "Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the schemes of the devil. For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the cosmic powers over this present darkness, against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly places. Therefore." Take up the whole armour of God that you may be able to withstand in the evil day, and having done all that, to stand firm. The Old Testament often highlights quite unusual individuals who single-handedly gained victory. Moses against Pharaoh, Samson against the Philistines, and of course, David against Goliath. Once we arrive at the New Testament, the anointed individual seems to give way in emphasis to the anointed body of Christ, the Church. In the West, our individualistic culture often causes us to view things in the singular by default and see things only as they apply to us as individuals. It's vital to recognise that we together, the Church, form the body of Christ. We together are a royal priesthood, a holy nation. It is our oneness that is the emphasis in the New Testament. Our combat is effective through our togetherness. The Church should not look for individual superheroes, but we should look for a united and equipped body the church here there is a collective combat scene in mind why military history tells us that battles fought by armies outnumbered and outgunned mostly end in defeat or retreat paul informs us our foe is not simply flesh and blood which we could take on on equal terms instead we fight huge forces of evil far too big for us to overcome on our own an individual christian filled with the holy spirit can pray and see demonic oppression be lifted from another individual Jesus both did this himself and trained his disciples to do it, saying all who followed him would be equipped to engage successfully in such things. What Ephesians 6 refers to are principalities and powers, huge demonic powers over areas, nations, cultures. One person is not sufficient on their own to engage with such things. It would be folly. This is why we wrestle. These verses have often been applied to individual Christians. Live life alert and prepared for our own individual battles with the world and the flesh and the devil. However, we must not overlook the inherently corporate nature of these verses. Notice the we, for we do not wrestle. It is not weakness to rightly discern our enemy and know when single-handed combat is not how God intends us to fight certain battles. In Acts 12, we find Peter asleep and in prison. This was not peacetime season and as in times of war, the whole nation helps out. So as Peter faced the moment of exceptional difficulty, he needed more than his own effort in a personal prayer time. Great effort was required on his behalf. Peter needed reinforcements. King Herod Agrippa was being violent against the church, and the church was becoming violent with a different kind of force. A force so great it brought about a dispatch of angelic visitation and a miracle prison break for Peter. Prayer is not an attempt at consolation when facing defeat. It is a mighty weapon. When the church prays, The heavens roar and demons quake, yet we are all too often unaware of these dynamics. But they are real and should make us treat prayer for what it is, a powerful force. Peter was in prison. It was the church that was praying on his behalf for his release. His release was secured not by his own prayers, he was in fact asleep while others were praying, but by the collective prayer of the church on his behalf. They, in effect, locked shields in prayer together for him and saw their combat effective for his release. Today, such extraordinary scheduling of a whole church, being invited to join in prayer together in response to sickness, crisis or overwhelming circumstances is vital. We must never program or plan church life to such an extent that when we encounter enemy action in unforeseen events, there is no space to respond. No army ever won a battle without having the flexibility to fight as present circumstances dictate. Ben Parrish, who leads the eldership team at my own church in Lowestoff, gives this example. The news came through during a January week of prayer that the church was holding that one of our members, Jimmy Clark, was suddenly diagnosed with stomach cancer. There are times as a local church when you need to gather together in numbers to pray for breakthrough in a situation, like an army launching an assault on enemy territory, and this felt like one of those times. We sent the message round that the final planned evening of prayer was going to specifically be to pray over Jimmy and seek his healing. It was incredible to see how the church family rallied around and much fervent prayer was given to see the cancer go and Jimmy's health restored. Whilst on that occasion an instant miracle didn't take place, Jimmy testifies that the combative prayers of many friends, family and Christians all around the globe saw him and his family through that time and he is now wonderfully in full health. It is perhaps relatively easy to imagine that the church would respond positively when faced with dramatic and out of the ordinary situations, yet we also need to sustain the offensive through regular times of gathered prayer. The Testudo Effect Roman soldiers had become almost invincible on the battlefield through a technique named after the humble tortoise. Known as the Testudo, tortoise formation, soldiers would link their shields to give an appearance similar to the shell of a tortoise, such linking through teamwork brought huge advantages when in battle, both for protection and advance. I recall a, a very powerful moment in a meeting of network leaders. We had all shared various news and prayer points from our different settings. I had spoken of a season of what felt like sustained pressure and significant challenge. This season had left me feeling quite depleted in spiritual energy, fire and quite fearful if I'm honest. This group of leaders gathered round me and took authority over that which had been coming against me. Prophecies and powerful declarations of victory filled the meeting. I felt and knew a surge of spiritual power in that moment, the like of which was of another level to anything I would have been able to do myself and for myself. I felt something broke in the heavenly realms. We need each other to pray for each other. Testudo. If I push the Roman army analogy a little further, then each local church is a regiment to bring God's rule and order into the community, whether locally, regionally, nationally, or even internationally. To form our own prayers, Testudo is a mighty advantage in our spiritual battle to see the gospel advance and men and women come to know Christ. John Sutcliffe was a contemporary of William Carey from Olney Baptist. Speaking of the reality of spiritual conflict and the vital nature of corporate prayer in tackling it, he said, All should remember that there are but two parties in the world, each engaged in opposite causes, the cause of God and the cause of Satan, the cause of holiness and sin of heaven and hell, the advancement of one and the downfall of the other, must appear exceedingly desirable to every real friend of God and man. Oh, for thousands upon thousands divided into small bands, in their respective cities, towns, villages and neighbourhoods, all met at the same time and in pursuit of the one end, offering up their united prayers like so many ascending clouds of incense before the Most High. In my own local church as an eldership team, we felt it right to commence a Friday lunchtime prayer time for one hour together. Not everyone can make it each time, but those that can will gather, fast for the lunchtime and simply pray together for God to move. Just imagine the impact we would see if across many church leadership teams, they began to do similar things. Imagine a situation where with a minimum of organisation, planning and infrastructure... Friday lunchtimes became places where a simple one-hour fasting and calling on God for him to move grew and grew across a nation. To quote the song, there's an army rising up to break every chain. This captures the essence of corporate prayer, seen as combat perfectly. The shields in such formation are both defensive. They were often soaked in water so as to extinguish fiery arrows that may have been fired at them. Ephesians talks of extinguishing the enemy's fiery darts. The Shields enabled strategic advance that would not be possible by one person on their own. We can find that when others join in praying with us, suddenly something else kicks in. As we pray collectively, helping each other, issuing an amen to each other's requests, then once more an energy that isn't from our own resources comes into play. This is Holy Spirit weaponry coming into play. Reinforcements arriving to a beleaguered, under siege outpost of heaven. As a family of churches in relational mission, a few years ago we felt it right to commence half nights of prayer across the whole family of churches. We started gathering three times a year in geographic hubs at the same time on the same day in different locations to pray about the same things. This initiative, Called Enough, has been growing and at the time I write we are presently seeing this expand to involve others beyond our own group of churches. This initiative was the response to a prompting of God to gather in large numbers, and in my own humble opinion, the larger the better. The devil tries to cover up the battle that is going on. If he can persuade us it is peacetime than we are in fact at war, then he has scored a major tactical victory. Satan is a subversive, tactical and hidden yet present enemy. If we fight the forces of darkness, we win. If we don't, we will face avoidable losses. War is like that. We may feel we are outnumbered and outgunned sometimes. The devil and his forces are more powerful than we humans. However, we have all of the resources and energy of the Holy Spirit to help us pray and to answer our prayers. We do not fight with human energy. Rather, we draw from another realm. A little child, when it meets enemies or fierce beasts, is not apt to trust its own strength, but flies to its parents for refuge so a saint is not self-confident in engaging spiritual enemies but flies to Christ prayer works because in doing it we are both doing something asking of the lord in obedience that has been urged of us and we are asking one who is more than capable of not only doing all we are asking but more than we have asked or can even imagine as it says in ephesians 3:20 praying together enables us to press in by faith to the throne of god even when we feel tired weak and out of sorts we carry one another in. At times it can feel a bit awkward asking for prayer, especially as a leader. Yet Paul often writes to his churches saying, please pray for me. In 2 Corinthians 7.5, Paul writes, for even when we came into Macedonia, our bodies had no rest, but we were afflicted at every turn, fighting without and fear within. This is why Paul often asked for prayer for himself. He knew he faced principalities and powers far bigger than he could handle on his own. You also must help us by prayer, so that many will give thanks on our behalf for the blessing granted us through the prayers of many. two Corinthians one eleven. His awareness was that numbers of people engaging in corporate prayer regularly and continually for him was crucial to success in his apostolic mission. Whenever an individual or team set out to take new ground, whether planting a church, establishing a new kingdom ministry in the local community, standing up for kingdom values in the workplace or wider society, We need the testudo effect. We cannot ask people to step out unless we have in place strategic corporate prayer to give them the prayer warrior support they need as they advance. The term brothers in arms has been used of those who have fought together in battle. They find that things were forged in combat that have created a very deep commitment to each other relationally and in the cause. As such a long life bond is often formed by those who have placed their lives in each other's hands and been on the same campaign... Any church that has planted numbers of churches or touched nations with mission endeavour or taken on a large building project will know the huge collective effort in prayer that will have been required to see these things birthed and fruitful. Such warlike effort forms deep bonds in a church collectively. Sometimes it seems like we have lost ground or lost a key piece of ground. Sometimes we pray and the situation does not change or even at times seems to get worse. Not all battles are won in the immediate. We do have to live with warlike dynamics with regards to apparent casualties and setbacks. Prayer is the heaven weaponry. A setback, an apparent defeat or delay, must be approached in the same way an army would approach it. We feel its impact, assess the situation, regroup, rethink and then redeploy. Often the most seemingly impenetrable stronghold that has resisted many attempts will one day yield to those who remain relentless, courageous, unflinching, confident in the resources they have and certain of the calls they are fighting for. Never give up. Continue steadfastly in prayer, being watchful in it with thanksgiving. At the same time, pray also for us that God may open to us a door for the word to declare the mystery of Christ, on account of which I am in prison. Colossians 4, 2-3 The reality is that the war most certainly has been won. Jesus has already established the victory. We fight now with him to establish the outworking of the victory gained on the cross, that it may be on earth as it is in heaven. There is a lot of territory to be taken by him, with him and through him, one heart at a time, yielding to the Saviour. If we take seriously the Bible's imagery of spiritual battles, then we need to realise that prayer is our heavy weaponry. It needs to be on the front line and not in the refreshments tent. If we feel we are besieged by the surrounding culture, then as we pray, we begin to realise that it is quite the reverse. We are in fact bringing the strongholds of godlessness under siege. How is your church outworking its prayer strategy? Is the heavy weaponry on the front line? Our ultimate confidence is not in our praying, but in the power and authority of Christ who has and will crush all our enemies under his feet. Prayer engages in partnership with Christ. Christ redeemed man and raised him to rule and reign with him. We are now seated with Christ. We share in his inheritance. Christ is our elder brother. We are in the family business. It is from this position we rule and reign with him. As co-heirs with him, we have the privilege and right to ask of him in prayer. Prayer is the means Christ has ordained for the release of his power and authority into any and all situations. Prayer enables a sovereign partnership in combat, but is not one we have initiated, but is rather our response to our commanding officer, the captain of the army, the Lord of hosts. Thus says the Lord to you: do not be afraid and do not be dismayed at this great horde, for the battle is not yours, but God's. 2 Chronicles 20:15. The battle really does belong to the Lord. We are not caught in some sort of dualism where the outcome is uncertain. We are not persuading God to aid us and fight for us when he is actually quite reluctant. He is more aware of and engaged in the battle than we shall ever be. He fought on the cross and won. We are now joining in with the relentless advance of his kingdom being worked out through all nations as he is establishing his kingdom and brings all things under his feet. We ask of Christ and he steps in as our deliverer.